Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. And with me today for the very first episode of the new year, 2023, we're in February already, so we can't say Happy New Year anymore, but uh, but uh, I wish I could. In any event, it's Caitlin Collins, who is an organizational psychologist, and she is the program strategy, excuse me, program strategy director at BetterWorks, which is a, uh, a company that... Uh, develops technology and other things around uh, sort of progressive modern performance enablement. I hope I got that right. That's a good way to describe it. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, thank thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Um, we are we are recording this uh, about a week and a half ahead of uh, the big day in the middle of February, um, known as Valentine's Day, um, whose history uh, we won't go into. Apparently, it's actually a kind of a weird history behind St. Valentine's, and we won't get into that. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> other what, show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, it's come to mean, you know, love and affection and all that. So. Um, <laughs> We have a theme today that's um, uh, that's really honestly going to uh, resonate in that way. Um, and let me see if I can just kind of set the stage and um, and then, uh, well, actually, before I do, Caitlin, if if you want to just sort of introduce yourself to our to our viewers, just a little bit of your background, uh, where you've been, why you're where you are now, and and all those sorts of things. Ooh. That's probably a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> you can give us the uh, Cliff Notes version. <laughs> the elevator pitch about me. Yeah. Uh, so th thank you for the introduction. Um, my background on where I am, I think I have a real passion for what I do, honestly. And it comes from a lot of different places. I think my uh, purpose, I, I'll say, for what I do is really to, in the grand scheme of things, is to create work, help create and work environments that better the lives of people and their families and ergo into their communities. I think that, you know, such a positive impact from organizations can influence the world, both at a small scale and a very big macro scale. So there's an altruistic version of that. But um, my career really has been focused on building performance programs for global organizations for quite a while. So my career started really in HR um, and, and worked my way up through my education and other experiences through consulting. And I think a big part of what I do plays in um, years ago, for a number of years, I volunteered as a trauma specialist. And I think that plays a lot into what I do, honestly, today, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which was like, I showed up when people call 911. So being a part is such a privilege, but being a part of the most painful moments in somebody's lives, mm. you know, part of that is they have to go to work the next day. So at the, at the time that happened, my big question was, well, what do organizations do for people that go through big moments? What does that look like in different challenging moments? And how do we support people and, and help enable them to be the best they can be without sacrificing them for a moment in time? So it's led me on this big, longer adventure that I've worked through a lot of different change programs and learning programs and types of different types of performance programs and you name it. I've worked in it to help kind of build a, a bigger philosophy around what works well and 
what we should do and what probably we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> mm, interesting. Uh, that's all really important. Um, it, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's so funny. Uh, just in the world of work, I think in the past maybe two and a half years, especially, but um, but even before that, there was sort of an awakening occurring where. Um, it's actually been going for a long time, but it was gaining steam uh, around this idea that, you know, it's not just about, you know, the bottom line I'm, or it is about the bottom line, but the bottom line is about more than you think it is. Right. You know, it's it's, right. it's, it's not the bottom line versus the workforce or whatever, you know, the workforce contributes to the bottom line, but it's really, it's kind of a, an, an inter interconnected thing. Um, you mentioned, uh PTSD and, 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 you know, and, uh, and I want to get back to that, but first of all, first off, I just kind of want to give people sort of the, uh, the, the premise here that sort of the, the, uh, it was the impetus for our decision to, to have this episode. And it's just this idea that, you know, we have these new tools, the state of the art, if you will, in thinking and technology for performance management which we're we're actually trying to get away from the term management even performance enablement right um it's it's really geared toward making it facilitating interaction and better outcomes you know we have this old really antiquated um anachronistic model you know where we have the annual performance review which no one wants to do and and everybody crams for and you know and, and it's just and 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 it just it's a it's just an absolute um you know I'll stop short of saying a waste of time um but 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 it is <laughs> for the most part you don't stop short I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay you said it on me but in any event um and it just it just exacerbates all of the um things we don't want happening when we're talking about when we're going about activity designed to improve the performance of the people in the organization right you know if you it's, it goes right back to that you know negative um uh, negative reinforcement versus positive reinforcement mm. um it but what's funny is that when we talk about the the state of the art the the latest and greatest when it and it really is the latest and greatest uh when it comes to performance enablement uh there's a tendency for it to be all, I've heard the term, you know, we've all heard it, Skittle, all Skittles and unicorns, right? You know, just all <laughs> happiness, you just, you know. Um, by the way, I heard Skittles are actually uh, even worse for you than you thought. Um, oh, that. please don't tell me that. I love a good Skittle. Rainbows and unicorns. Thank goodness I don't like Skittles. My, my, my um, it's, it's M&Ms for me, but in any hmm. event, it's, there's an, a tendency to think about it. It's like, oh, it's all going to be great now. You know, every single person oh. is going to perform better now if you're doing the right things. And and most of you, a lot of you, probably the majority of your people are, their performance is going to improve and you're going to have better leaders. It's going to make better leaders. But but there's still there's there will still be performance issues that you'll need to deal with as mm -hmm. a leader, as a manager. Um, so sorry for the long, you know, winded sort of, you know, build up here, but I really wanted people to kind of get into the vein of this thinking and maybe let's start there. Uh, what, hmm. what, how do these new systems help leaders be better managers, be better leaders? And how does, how do they help them deal with what will still be difficult situations at work? 
Yeah, that was that's a good place to start. I think the more we grow, the more we evolve, the more global we get. And that's been happening for the last 40 years, right? The globalization of organizations with the invention of the internet, at least, um, is you know, the, the more sophisticated we get in understanding the value of how we need our people to perform in certain functions, mm-hmm. I think a technology really enables us, a good technology enables us to help understand how to develop towards those critical skills on what we need. It helps facilitate and prompt certain parts of a process. I, I, there's a big word that I use in, okay, maybe not a big word, but a big concept that I use within uh, making sure you have a good performance program is a system of accountability. And to me, a good technology, one helps facilitate more data and really understanding, you know, our, how, how are we driving inclusivity and equitable distribution of work across the organization. How does that show up? Is there areas that we need to focus on it and develop? Because without having that data in front of us, we just don't know. You take a stab at the dark and that's that's hard to move from and hard to navigate towards. But, but also a good technology can really be a point of accountability to help make sure, hey, stay on track with this thing you have to do, or hey, you haven't talked to your employee in a long time. You know, like there's certain components and mechanisms that help trigger to make sure that this process is easy to be continuous. I think that's the the part of it. What we don't want to do is repeat the annual performance review. That doesn't work like 12 times a year, <laughs> but we want to break it up and make the process as easy and as simple as possible for people to be able to execute so that it can be effective. Yeah, I love what you, I love what you just said, by the way, we don't want to have the annual performance review become the the monthly performance review. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Imagine. That's, I mean, it already costs organizations so much money to do this thing that doesn't work very well. <laughs> and now you got to worry about it every month and be scared yeah. about it or, you know, just, just, uh, so, you know, it's not about that. It's, it's, in, you talked about accountability um, and, Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that um, and also kind of segue in terms of how it goes both ways, not just accountability of the direct reports to their manager or leader, but the leader's accountability to their his or her direct reports. And then also maybe maybe share with us what your thoughts on what make what are the what are the things, the attributes or um, uh, you know characteristics uh, that make somebody a a good leader. Mm. I I definitely agree with that. I think accountability is on a one-way street. It goes a lot of different ways and in in many different directions, depending on how the organization is structured, especially if you've got more of a complex setup where you've got dotted line managers and coaches and everything that touches different roles that touch an employee and, and how they perform. There is a um, often I do like seminars and the, one of the ones that I've done recently, um, there was some feedback I got on it, which I thought was really interesting that I'll share. Cause there's, um, there's a lot out there where we talk about managers coaching their employees and giving feedback, but we also need to make sure that managers are getting upward feedback from their employees. And I think that that is a scary concept, at least from what I've heard of managers and organizations in different forums, mm-hmm. um, it seems simple enough, but it creates this vulnerability of, well, gosh, what if I get bad feedback? Does that make me look bad? You know, any place where somebody's calling you out 
where what you're being presented doesn't match what you're trying to project mm-hmm. is a very hard thing to wrestle with. So I think there's like a, a oh gosh, I'm not thinking of the right word, sorry, <laughs> to stutter. But there's a hesitation in this as far as the execution goes, but we can break it down and make it really simple. It doesn't have to be so scary. And I think that that alone makes a pretty critical part of being a good manager is being able to request that and role model those certain elements. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one part kind of segueing into the second part of your question on what you asked about what makes a good manager. And I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of models out there. There's a lot of characteristics, but I think it comes down to a few foundational things, honestly, that it, a lot of these characteristics feed from. But it's making sure that you've got a good relationship and have built trust with your direct report not to say you have to be forever family friends and and totally involved in each other's personal lives but if your direct reports if your employees don't trust you there's that's the hardest barrier to be able to break down to be able to actually actually coach them um effectively and being able to have that openness to be able to coach and share feedback back and forth and I think the other critical part we can go into some other ones later but another really critical one is looking at your role as a manager Hmm. and what that means. And so what I mean by that is it's very, very common, more so before, but very common for organizations to promote high-performing individual contributors into a manager role without providing effective training, without effective development, and more so those managers are rated, their performance is based on the KPIs of their team or their functional unit, and it becomes very results driven. Mm-hmm. That isn't, that's important. You mentioned that earlier on, like the numbers are important. We're here to do a job and have a business survive and compete in a market. Yes, it's critical, but your role as a manager is more than that. I think is to actually create other really great managers and leaders. So as a manager myself, if I'm looking at my direct report and say, my job one is not only to execute or have my team execute, but to, to role model and, and teach them how to be really good leaders and managers in their future career, that's, that's a paradigm shift that I think really changes how I engage with my employees. I love what you're saying here. And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of got two thoughts in my head because okay. you know, so, and I want to make sure I hit on them both first. So we'll, we'll address this one first, you know, be, Getting results. This. Mm. You tell me, what does the mm. research say? You know, is being results oriented the best way to get the results you want? Ooh, yeah. It depends. Ooh, that okay. was a long answer. I think we're doing the same thing. <laughs> I think like the audience listening to on the fly thinking this. i'm sorry to throw a curveball there but it's okay because you mentioned you know it just got me to thinking you know if you're a individual you know an individual contributor a great high-performing individual contributor that you know it's it i can see you know it obviously makes sense it's intuitive it's logical maybe not logical but it makes sense it's understandable that they would be uh promoted you know convent traditionally over many many decades time right um you know promoted okay. into into uh positions of, of of leadership or positions where they are to manage other people and um that to me is uh 
it's there it that's that's a false hypothesis that's not necessarily a true hypothesis right you know that it's yeah. not necessarily true um if if i'm a great individual individual contributor then i'm going to be a great manager or i'm just going to intuitively know just just naturally know how to be a great manager i've also read that i've also re read that you know leaders are actually not born you know there are some intrinsic traits but you can really develop your leadership potential um you know, obviously there's some really great, great leaders and they have some innate talent, but there are others that, you know, maybe aren't as great, but they can be trained, can be sort of upskilled into being, into being, you know, effective leaders and not bad leaders. Um, and so, sorry, I'm kind of running all over the, all over. No, the but all that's here. so true. Yeah. So I'm just Hi. wondering. So, so what's great about the, the whole accountability thing in these new systems is that kind of, um, kind of helps to to surface that stuff um so so let's what are your thoughts there um and then i'll share with you my other thought that i had oh okay so <laughs> we've got a good lineup there going <laughs> i thought on that on your original question is i take it back to a lot of what i do and and how i formulate all kinds of stuff comes back to really how the brain works how do we work in an mm -hmm. environment a sociological environment and what does that mean small teams, large teams, organizations, how do we respond to different stimuli and what that looks like? But that's a long way to say there's really like, if we break it down as simple as possible, two approaches to management. And one is outcome focused. Mm -hmm. The other one is fundamental focused, I'll call it. And this is really like a, a theory X, theory Y position on, on where we're motivated towards. But if I think that if if I, let me come up with a metaphor that makes it simple. If let's say we were learning a musical instrument, okay, right? Like, and you're teaching me how to play this musical instrument, or maybe I'm learning how to get better at it. And you keep telling me, Caitlin, you're off rhythm. The notes that you're hitting aren't correct. You know, go back and keep practicing. Well, if, if I don't understand the fundamentals of where to put my fingers and how to move or how to breathe correctly, mm -hmm. whatever the instrument is, that's never going to happen. So in order for me to be a better player and to achieve outcomes, you as my manager, as my coach need to help me understand the fundamentals of what I'm doing wrong. And maybe I need to do different exercises to build up muscle muscle strength in a different way mm. right so if we we like that to like a business sense in order for me to be effective in my job and grow whatever that looks like be a high performer in my current role or grow to develop to the next role whatever that is i have to strip it back to say okay the fundamentals of what i'm doing in order for me to make a better be more strategic with my customer in order for me to be better as a salesperson in order for me to think more broadly about a product or an engineering problem mm -hmm. i need to first understand how i do those basics really well maybe i need to improve my communication skills collaborating with people you know these it all comes back to a lot of our improving knowledge in certain areas like what are those core behaviors, those core competencies I need to learn so that my outcomes are better? And I think mm -hmm. that's the difference to me on the difference in a manager. And there is research out there. There's actually quite a lot of research that shows that when a manager is more of an effective co type of coach, mm -hmm. 
that there's like an increase, I think it was about 26% increase in productivity for their team. And they also saw a decrease in turnover. I believe it was about 20%. I can go back and pull up this article, but it also increases employee engagement and employee engagement for an organization is a huge, is a really important critical score that we look at, which does impact the bottom line. So I think the synthesis is all of this is if we put other people first and consider them from a different perspective first, the outcomes on what we see at an organizational level from profits to <clears throat> revenue to performance at an organization really improves. Oh, I love that. That's and, and let's make sure to include that link in the um in, in the blog uh, that will be associated with this yes. when it goes live. Yeah, yeah. As I I know, I know. I the Gardner are. research paper. Gar was Gardner, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of good stuff. Um, the other piece of it is, uh, so by the way, did, did you ever play a musical instrument? I played the piano for oh, actually okay. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it was spoken like someone who had played an instrument. I actually played an instrument in college, um, a woodwind uh, instrument. And um, and so I could kind of relate to that, the whole, the mechanics of learning, you know, the mechanics uh. of the playing and getting better at that. Uh, so, so it made a lot of sense to me. Um, and you're right, you know, helping, if you can be a good coach, then, then I think by default, you're almost being a mentor. Um, yeah. I know they're not quite the same thing, but they're very similar. And and someone who feels mentored in a good, uh, I think there's there are only positive connotations with mentor. Um, I don't know if there could be a negative mentor. So I just <laughs> I thought it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're feeling yeah. mentored, then 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 you're going to uh, want to stay, and you're going to. Um, uh, you're going, some of that's going to kind of, you know, distill into, you know, a desire to, to, to do more and to have a more initiative and drive and be uh, more productive. So that makes a lot of sense. It's so great to see that the research bears that out. Um, you mentioned trust earlier yeah. um, and I couldn't help, but, but, uh, but think of, you know, I've, I've heard it from more than one person that, you know, <laughs> trust is really the, 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 pillar the most important pillar of um of a, of a strong employer culture right mm, and so yeah. it's and i'll be frank i i must admit i haven't um delved into you know i haven't uh dove dove divin dived <laughs> deep excuse me into, one of those is correct yeah <laughs> yeah like into employer culture like how do you build employer culture like mm. how do you do it Right. Um, but it occurred to me, it dawned on me as you were speaking, um, and maybe you've thought of this already, uh, probably, but the idea that, you know, it starts with, you know, every single, you know, one-to-one -one, uh, relationship in the, in the organization that that's where employer culture is built. I mean, you kind of set, the, you kind of set the strategy uh, from, from leadership of the organization. Here's what we want our employer culture to be, but then you really have to carry it out person to person. Um, and if you have leaders that are, um, that are, that are building trust, uh, with their direct reports, then with their teams, then you've, you've, in my opinion, you've probably knocked down one of the biggest, um, challenges to building a better employer culture. I think that's pretty true. You know, we don't have to go too deep into this culture is a fascinating topic in and of itself, because you got to think about the, the bigger view, the, what's the it, usually a culture is based on what's not 
demanded of it, what's not said and what do we reinforce that's unspoken more or less. Mm -hmm. And there's there's the macro version and there are pockets of micro version where it's very different. And those generally are driven by the leaders of each of those teams or those departments. So yes, I do think that what you're saying is definitely accurate. I do agree with it. If you've got a manager that is, let, let's look at both sides of the equation here. We'll just go a nice, a nice one and a not so nice one. But like, if you've got a manager that's not so kind and doesn't, you don't have much trust and there isn't much integrity in the relationship there insofar as maybe they speak about other people behind their back, or maybe they, you know, under their breath in front of people say negative things about what the CEO is asking, you know, like if there isn't much confidence building and, and not much integrity, you've got a pretty negative culture and one where there might be some retaliation where people feel like if I don't show up the way that this person wants to see me, which is very dangerous. But if I don't show up in the way this person wants to see me, then there's going to be a negative consequence to me. Mm. But if you go on the other, and that's dangerous for a lot of reasons, especially when we think about, you know, different types of people, diversity and inclusion. I One, one big passion of mine is neurodiversity and how do we coach to people mm. that think and process differently, but, but I digress. On the other side of that spectrum is you got a manager with integrity that is focused on making sure they've got a good relationship with their direct reports and is is a positive influence that speaks to confidently, even if you don't know the answers to say, I don't know if this might go very wonky, but the, here's why we're going to do it. And here's how we're going to try it and see right. what happens. When you when you look at that from the other side of the spectrum, then their their microculture is much more positive. The engagement's much higher, and you've got a bigger level of trust and influence. Where you can start look at equity distribution and feedback back and forth, and you see a lot faster progression and development and growth. There's a lot in what you just said. Um, one thing that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, all it's all really, really uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm just fascinated uh, mm -hmm. listening to you. One thing that sort of stuck out for me is this idea of, you know, you said there's a lot of danger and, and, and we probably don't have time to go into all the different types of dangers there are. Um, but, but it did resonate with me. There's a lot of danger in expect in, in your direct reports, uh, feeling like they have to present or show up, present themselves in in a certain sort of narrowly defined way. Every time uh, there's an interaction with you as the leader, um, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? You know, who who wants to who's excuse me, let's put this to, to what I was going to say is who wants to be in that type of environment? Uh, but but then you'd have sort of the, the stodgy traditionalists say, well, hey, that's work. You got to be that way. Right. And then we just don't, um, you know, <laughs> facilitate, uh, you know, discourse here. So I'm going to say it differently. How, how do you expect how does an organization expect its its uh, employees to be their most productive um uh, selves when they when they feel like they have to be something they're not um, in you know in their team situations. Mm. Gosh, that's a good question. I don't think you can be. I think, like people, you know, it's interesting, especially women are very good at masking 
and presenting a different self than and being off inauthentic to themselves. We'll call it that way since you mentioned authenticity earlier too. Um, but if the organization demands of me to perform it, to hit certain KPIs and perform in a certain way, whatever that looks like, like, and, and I am not in an environment where I can be myself or I feel threatened in some way, or there's going to be retaliation, you know, all the negative things you can throw at like this, this little, the environment that I'm in, I'm never going to be great especially when now, you know, you're not going to get away with dealing with people as well. It's going to create more stress. If more conflict, how I relate to my peers, I'm going to feel threatened more often, how I relate to my peers or to the customer. Like I, there's just no, I'm not able to relax or come from a place of ease to build my own confidence. I'm always going to feel like I have to protect myself and, and put out a different image. And mm. There's just, you're not going to get very far with that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I think the answer is, I don't think you can, to be honest. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. It's just, um, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of lost productivity um, uh, when there's, when there's rigidity. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the time and I want to make sure we get to um, sort of a, a question that we, that was sort of the linchpin of all this. And, and that is, um, And let's see there, it's the question is, I wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> how do we get through difficult managerial situations better with the state of the art of the thinking and technology in performance management? So, ooh, that is a good question. Uh, these are all actually really good questions. For um, Thank the, you. There's, okay, so I'm gonna answer this in two parts. Okay. Being a good manager is a behavioral development. I have to learn how to be a good leader, how to build relationships effectively based on where I come from, you know, have good integrity and build confidence and guide and teach people essentially to be good at their job. Um, it doesn't come from demanding. It comes from enabling, lifting. I, I firmly believe to me, for me to be a good manager, I need to lift people up and, and enable them to be their best selves at work. Uh, when times are hard, so in challenging situations, whatever that looks like, whatever the stress is, layoffs in an organization cause some trauma to people going back to the office, somebody having, oops, somebody having um, personal issues in their life, whatever the case might be. <clears throat> That changes how, how we respond to ch stress changes our, our behaviors. And so I, as a manager, need to know how to respond to that and show up differently based on what, what people need. Mm. Um, and I know we're short on time, but then where the technology comes in to be able to aid that, I think the technology can provide very clear, timely tools. So for example, maybe I'm about to go into a meeting that isn't going to be rainbows and ponytails or fairy tales. Um, but maybe I'm about to go into have a difficult conversation. And in that thread, while I'm documenting it or using some kind of template, you know, based on how I capture my notes essentially in action items and what that looks like, you know, maybe there's an area where I can go to pull down a reference just to remind 
that I need to be mindful and reflect on this? Do I have all the information I need? And just to sit back and be a listener more than a talker in a lot of cases, you know, I think, I think a good technology offers tools at the right moment for when the manager needs it in different circumstances, because life happens. Crazy yeah. stuff and hard stuff is just going to show up. And I think it's our responsibility as an organization to make sure that our managers have the right tools when they need them so that they can be effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, you know, almost providing the, uh, the leader with some uh, mental prosthetics, right. You know, it's yeah. surfacing yeah. up, you're surfacing up a reminder here in a, in a dialogue box or something, or, you know, or um, just, or just making that, um, or just uh, kind of knocking out in terms of it being a factor, any kind of, you know, technological um, impediments to having that conversation, you know, having a really smooth sort of, you know, um, uh, meeting, online meeting technology, something that's, you know, that's going to uh, facilitate uh, all the types of communication, interaction, uh, interactive communication is going to happen there. Um, yeah, yeah, this is, this has been a fantastic, really, really, uh, yeah, really, really just fascinating topic. And, and I, and I know that we could go on and on and on and on about it. Um, I, I know myself, I can talk about this kind of stuff all day long. Um, and I, and I can tell that you can too, uh, but, yeah. but this, we, is quick, this is a quick, uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've always scratched the surface. Um, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> So thankful for having you on, on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Honestly, this was a pleasure and so fun and um, one of my passion topics. So I appreciate you letting me be here. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, take care, Caitlin. You as well. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, remember, leaders, be empathetic.